Hello, massive day. Happy Friday, April 16th. 16th, a day that we will remember forever. Obviously, massive news was broken this morning. I have the incredible opportunity um, to be joining Friday Night Smackdown live on Fox, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm not talking Fox Sports 1, okay? I'm I'm not talking Fox News. I'm not talking Fox Ocho. I'm talking basic ass, standard ass. You got antennas on your TV, cable, Fox. Cannot believe I've been asked to do this. Cannot wait to enjoy the hell out of this ride. Obviously very thankful for all of you choosing to listen to us on a, a daily basis. This show will not become a wrestling show. Okay, that's not what this show is. This show is a sports show, and anytime some big announcement like this happen, got to talk about it, obviously. Michael Cole stops by for a great conversation. He's my commentary partner that you'll be able to hear us, you know, in your homes. To be exact, I think it's a, a few million homes every single Friday. This is big time. Listen, listen, I can't be fucking swearing on there, all right? There has to be a little bit of that, uh, but I'm pumped up. I'm excited. Thankful for all of you. Thankful for the boys. We're going to continue doing this show every single day. Continue talking about whatever the hell is going on in the sports world. And we can't thank you enough. I hope this show propels you into a beautiful weekend. If it does, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Uh, I am an Indianapolis resident. I, uh, this is an Indianapolis company. It is where we are based. It was where I was very fortunate enough to be drafted to, to kick balls for, in a position that I didn't fully understand whenever I got drafted, but I learned in Indianapolis uh, how to punt a football well and also how to become an adult. Now, it was no easy road. I mean, Indianapolis saw me change from an immature uh, guy out of West Virginia, Morgantown, West Virginia, kind of grow into a man. There were some lumps, but the city of Indianapolis always backed me. The state of Indiana was always my biggest fans. And the state of Indiana is one that if you learn about, you'll actually be mightily impressed with. They're the hospitality kings of the world, I will say. There's an event every year, aside from this COVID year, obviously, uh, called the Indy 500 that has 300 to 500,000 people travel to the city of Indianapolis to not only watch a race, but a spectacle, a concert, a everything. And the city of Indianapolis handles it no problem. The Combine, Final Fours, you name it with the conventions that come through Indianapolis. The people of Indiana are a great people. That is why I will remain in Indiana. That's why I choose to have my home in Indiana. My wife's from Indiana. My family has moved to Indiana. Very proud to be born and raised in Pittsburgh, but Indiana has become my home and our company's home as well. Now, Indiana is trending for something that it seems to be happening far too often these days, especially in the last few years. There is a shooting in the FedEx facility, I believe, near the airport of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, my brother actually used to work at that FedEx. Uh, my brother used to be in the building that was across the street from where the shooting happened. So when I read about this, it very much struck close to home. I had beers with people that worked alongside my brother in that facility. I, I have seen that place work. Anytime you drive to the Indianapolis airport, literally there's a FedEx operation that is almost the same size as the Indianapolis airport, and it's always operating efficiently. It's always doing great.
great and I got a chance to meet the people that work there behind the scenes through my brother working there years ago and it's a great group of people it is Indiana so whenever you hear that eight people are confirmed dead I believe with numerous more people injured I was heartbroken I was saddened for everybody involved, but also the potential way that this could be or it could make out Indiana to be. Indiana, in my experience, I know it's not the same for everybody, is a place that is welcoming, is a place that loves people from everywhere, and is a place that will mourn and grieve this mightily because it is something that should never happen. Uh, I'm incredibly sad about it. I hope everybody's okay. Uh, we love Indiana. We love the people in Indianapolis. And um, it's a fucking, it's, a, it's an absolute shame. Let's hope these types of things stop going forward, especially uh, to anyone that is affected. I'm sure we can echo their sentiments as saying, we need to stop this type of bullshit. We need to celebrate this life, enjoy this life, come together, and understand that there's might be some days where you don't feel great and there might be some people you don't get along with, but we're all in this goddamn thing together. We're all in there. Hopefully, and I feel in the end of the day, it will win. I think happiness and love will outweigh the, the hate that seems to steal the headlines at all times when it happens. I truly believe that. I hope that. And uh, to everybody in Indiana, our hearts, although we're in Tampa, are very much with you. We'll be back tonight. Uh, with that being said, we are down here in Tampa Bay mm -hmm. at Boston Connors here. Ty Schmidt is here. Zito Foxy Mansuri are behind the screen there. And this morning, I made a rather large life announcement. Yeah. Yeah. This morning, we had been um, leading up to this moment for the last few weeks. Yep. And to be completely clear, when, when I started saying I'm up to something, I wasn't 100% sure what I was up to, <laughs> but it was. You were up to something. That's how it actually started. And we've talked about my lack of filter. All right, everybody's talking. We, we've talked mightily about my lack of filter, which is potentially why this show does well, by the way, because if it's in here, it's coming out. Now, I don't think everybody should act that way. I do believe that's how I've been my entire life, though. It's just kind of that whole thing. So whenever I say, like, to AJ, who's not in our office, but we talk to every day, and I, I consider him, you know, at least a sort of a friend of ours. Yeah. Sort of a friend of everyone knows. Sure. When he doesn't know what's going on, and I, like, in the middle of talking to him, I'm like, oh, AJ doesn't even know. And I'm like, hey, AJ, hey, hey, hey. All right, I mean, we did stop the show here. I got to say something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, AJ, I'm, I'm up to something, dude. And then that just starts leading into it. And the conversations did start then, but there was never a direct route to Friday Night SmackDown. Obviously, people know that I've worked with the WWE in the past. I mean, I won Rookie of the Year, okay? No big deal. No big deal. Huh. I mean, that's an award that matters. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's an award that if they gave me a trophy, I would hang this thing somewhere here in mm -hmm. the, the FanDuel house down here in Tampa. But I've always loved the business. I always, I've always enjoyed the hell out of uh, sports entertainment, professional wrestling, literally my entire life. I've, I've been very open with, if it wasn't for the Attitude Era and wasn't for the Monday Night Wars and for me being dialed into these larger, than life personalities and characters I would have never probably had the aspirations that I had I, you would probably not see or hear the same person I assume it shapes part of my personality I think it's pretty apparent now at this point so I've always been a diehard fan and there's people that hate it and I understand you hate it okay you probably watch some bullshit that I hate too but everybody's got their own taste but for me it was always something that I like this show 
could kind of take a mental vacation alongside. Like, obviously, what's happening here is something that doesn't happen in the real world. Let's go ahead and enjoy the hell out of it. Let's go ahead and escape a little bit. I assume this is how people feel when they watch soap operas, when they watch other things. It was always what captivated me and interested me. So when I got a chance to do the kickoff show, uh, like four years ago now at this point, five years ago maybe, uh, four years ago, when Michael Cole called me out of nowhere and said, hey, do you want to do maybe a kickoff show for us WrestleMania weekend? I'm like, fucking WrestleMania weekend? That's a big deal. As a wrestling fan, I understand that WrestleMania is a massive weekend. I thought I hit the lottery. I'm like, absolutely. I didn't even know what the fuck a kickoff show was. <laughs> I assumed it was like the football thing. I had no clue what it was. But they're like, do you want to do this? Absolutely. Had something planned for WrestleMania weekend, actually. Yep. I go, cancel that. I am going to go <laughs> ahead and go do this thing down here. I go down there. I get a chance to shake hands with Vince McMahon that first day. It was a two-second interaction. Let's not. He does not remember us. We're breaking bread with. <laughs> he does not remember us. But I like got a chance to meet him. He was very nice. Had that incredible cadence and octave that I've never, you know, I was like, oh, so that's real, right? Because I've always heard it on TV. I was like, oh my god, that's his voice is real. Uh, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, everybody was just so nice and so friendly. I'm like, I felt like I was a little bit starstruck. Actually, it's the first time in my life where I've met somebody, and I'm like, holy, holy shit. <laughs> Everybody was so nice, so hospitable. Then obviously that kind of parlayed into doing more kickoff shows. And then as the business and what we were doing and the schedule started going, we continued to try to, you know, thread the needle on how we could work together. And then obviously the NXT run starts because Adam Cole comes into our studio and acts like an absolute yeah, asshole. Man. Scumbag. Which, Worst. by the way, we've known all along. Yeah, whole still time. is. Still is. Always has been. Always will always be. Always will be. Mm -hmm. Right. So then that obviously leads into like a, hey, this could potentially lead to a, So then I get in the ring. I got a chance to now experience being in the ring. I got a chance to main event a pay-per-view, okay, in my second match in War Games. And that did not, like, that was not something, as a wrestling fan, I was like, there is fucking no reason I should be in the match that's going <laughs> on last year. This is a big deal. In the history of wrestling, the marquee names, the main eventers, they're the ones that are carrying the company. They're the ones that are selling the tickets, selling the merch. So my second match in War Games, now, obviously, I was alongside seven other incredible, uh, sorry, six other there incredible athletes and everything like that inside of a WWE steel cage. And Adam Cole was also there. But that was something that I was just like, holy shit, I cannot believe I'm doing this. Afterwards, after the match, my team and I, although we lost, we're up in the locker room and the refs are in there. And uh, one of the refs looks over at me and he goes, you just fucking... You were just in a WWE steel cage match. <laughs> and I was like, I, you're right. I had not even thought of that. Holy I was shit. just in a fucking, I was, I main evented a pay-per-view. I was in a WWE steel cage match. I think everybody would say, okay, handled my own in there. And then it was just on the flight home. I'm like, this is a joke. Like, this is just a dream. It really just continued to feel. And at my age, 33, you know, I'm an old man, been around the world, though. There's not a lot of things that happen. And I'm like, I cannot, what is, and you get this full moment of exhilaration where you're like, 
There's no way that I thought this was actually going to happen. There's, if you were to go back to the years and years of dedication I had watching uh, not only the Monday Night Wars, but then also getting the DVD set of the, the history of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and all the way back to Bruno San Martino and all the runs in between and all the documentaries I'd watched and everything I've kind of invested in that wrestling world. When I got a chance to experience it, I was like, this is... This has to be a simulation. So then whenever there's a conversation to reach back out and they go, hey, we want to kind of try to do something a little bit bigger, you know? And I'm like, I don't know how it could be bigger. I just did a goddamn. Just did a backflip off a steel cage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it could be any bigger. I honestly have no idea how it could be any bigger. And then once they started talking, well, maybe we do this. Maybe we do this. And that's kind of how I think they operate. I'm not 100% sure. I do not know enough about the insides of their business just as a fan from what I know. It's like a very creative place, you know? So the, the, the ideas, whenever it started just a few weeks ago, there's like a couple ideas. Like, hey, maybe, maybe. And I'm like, oh, that would be. That would be really dope if that happened. Like, that would be very cool. I would love to do that. Now, if we do this, I'm going to have to figure it out business-wise because, I mean, this is not something – I don't want to sound like a dick where I say this, but there's a lot of people's livelihoods that depend upon this show being a good show, okay? We're not just the guys you see on camera and the, the, but, and the guys you see off camera, but the ladies, the houses that are bought, the, the everything that's – the weddings that are being planned, everything that is happening with our company – we are very lucky to do, and I'm not 100% sure I expected this to happen either, but for any decision I make, like the company has to be able to, has to be able to. And the, and the WWE was so incredibly hospitable to that idea. So whenever there was an idea pitch, could you do this? I'm like, uh, let me see that. Let me see what we can figure out. Yes, I could. They're like, okay, cool. Could you do this? And I'm like, couldn't do that. They're like, all right, let's get out. So there was like ideas being thrown around. And when we landed on the Friday night SmackDown uh, analyst role uh, on the commentary table where legends have sit in the past, legends have sit where I am getting a chance. To, there's only two people that do it on that show. There's it, legends have been there. Now, there used to be three mans and everything like that on SmackDown, but I'm just saying I'm getting a chance to do something in a place that a lot of people I've looked up to for a very long time have gone to alongside Michael Cole, who is the internet wrestling community doesn't want to admit this ever, but the greatest of all time. It is. It, it, now, listen, I grew up in the Attitude Era. OK, so I understand the arguments that people have or whatever. But you're talking 20 some years of rarely ever flubbing a word, a word like you hear uh football commentators and play-by-play -play people and they'll get a name wrong or something like that and that's just happening in like Michael Cole has to remember 700 things that yeah. are going on has to get everything right and the guy is an absolute machine so me getting a chance to sit next to him knowing that he was a pretty pivotal part of the decision as well into you know like would he almost like give me the okay that like that's kind of how it would have to be because it's his career as well kind of how i felt when i had to go hold balls for adam vinatieri by the way like okay if anything goes wrong it's gonna be it's it's, it's definitely it's me. On, it's, 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 it's not michael cole <laughs> yeah. it's not adam vinatieri okay it's definitely me so this is just a really cool opportunity FanDuel helped us out immensely obviously they're like how do we make this happen for you guys it's like i ah, just is there any way we can you know, just maybe get a house down there in Tampa. They're in Tampa, at least for the foreseeable future. Who knows how the world's going to go? Fando's like, you got it. Bang. Here we are. Let's fucking have a blast. At yeah, the hell yeah. Woo! We are excited. I can't thank the boys enough for 
not only being able to not leak this. Oh yeah. Man. By the way, that was tough. I can I do not know how, but us yesterday after the show ended, us like having a little bit of a celebration. Like, yeah, we did it. We did it. We did not. We did not leak it somehow. Yeah. Okay, because I'm staring by the way at a beach. Yeah. Over here. Uh-huh. Okay, so like whenever you see something happen, it is very difficult not to be like a squirrel climbed a palm tree. That's right. And I was there like, like yesterday, I was I almost I was like uh, the house. Like it was it was very difficult. Not really our thing. But I'm very proud of you guys and thankful for you guys. And to all the boys back in Indianapolis, can't thank them enough. We're going to try to be as nimble as possible. This show cannot suffer at all because of this. And I know that because there's a lot of people that the fucking enough analytics that we get shown. There's enough people that spend a lot of time with us every single day on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you choose to spend your time with us, like... I am eternally grateful for. Like, there's a lot of people commanding attention around here. There's a lot of great content out there. The fact that people hang out with us on a daily basis, I would never want to disrespect your decision of doing so by making this show a shitty one. Now, it does stink. The show will continue to stink. (laughs) But the investment of money into hopefully giving you guys a product that you'll continue to enjoy, it was paramount and is paramount in almost all decisions we make, we learned that from the box truck days. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't always like, I want to let you know, that wasn't always the first thought. But now it's like everything that happens has to be like, okay, how do we make this comfortable? Because we're an energy show, so it can't be dead. How do we make this comfortable? How do we make this work? And with partners like FanDuel and with you guys and your guys' incredible work ethic in our entire company, not just here, but everywhere. I am very, very thankful for today. Well, man, I mean, congratulations. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, yeah, you just lot. talked about how, you know, the WWE helped shape, you know, who you are. Think about the generation now who you are. I, I have you thought know. about, yeah, yeah. I have, I have thought about that. And, uh, I mean, that kept me up a little bit last night, <laughs> yeah. you know, because there's a lot of, I don't want to say, you know, like, I have, the way I go through things is I like, uh, I don't have a slotted schedule, but I'm like, okay, tonight I got to put some time towards thinking about this. Mm -hmm. I got to put some time towards thinking about this. And I think this is why like The Rock and Wahlberg and all the, the, the super whatevers. Yeah. They live by like a strict time schedule. I could never do that in my life. Right. So I just have like, hey, I need to think about this later. I need to think about this tonight. I need to think about this. SmackDown, I've obviously watched all of the episodes that have led up here. So I know what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the history of um, a lot of the, the wrestlers on there and everything like that. But when it comes to like the full picture thinking of it, you know, because we're so run and gun, set up the house. Okay, need this deal to be done. Do I? Am I potentially interested in this in the future? How will this play into this? Uh, how do we get the tech done? Well, we got Zito. Fuck it, he'll yeah. handle it. <laughs> Who's gonna build the walls? Oh, Tim will do that. Okay, there's just been a lot of moving pieces here. Mm-hmm. Sitting down and thinking from like a zoomed out high level, yeah. I didn't do until last night. What a fucking wild hour and a half that was in my just in my thought <laughs> shop up here, dude. It was it was wild thinking of like me. In my tiny bedroom with a TV that was just like basically a foot and a half from my face where I was laying, just listening and watching in the old promos and what I like. There is a lot of that that I had not really thought about until late last night. 
And uh, you bringing it up, by the way. Yeah. I should probably have a couple more thoughts about that, yeah. I guess, before we go live today. But I'm pretty pumped for who those kids are going to become. I, I think we could potentially, if I am a part of influencing, which we are now in a world of influence, mm -hmm. I think they should, I think those kids should hopefully take a little bit, uh, but leave a lot of the stupidity behind. You know Well, I mean? and that's why, like, Connor and I were talking about, like, that's also why, the, I mean, it's super cool that you're going to get to do that. But it's also, the, like, this is going to be a success because of how much respect you have for the business and how much yeah. you actually love it and how much you are a fan. Like, You're a wrestling fan, too. I am, too, yeah. And it's, like, and I was about to say, you know, like, we always say on here, like, dumbest life of all time we're in the dumbest situations of all time and i think people really think that's a bit but like you look at all the stuff we've done it's, it's like dumb. what the fuck, fuck am i doing yes. here? like you know like <laughs> pat okay what the fuck am i doing here and now just like like you said growing up on wwe and being able to be associated with second hand like it's wild and i'm just i'm so excited for uh, well, the next you know however long this lasts i'm very very thankful for you guys and uh, i'm thankful for you saying that because it's real like me being in the nfl was dumb mm -hmm. but i always i i will always have that mindset i think you know like and maybe it was me getting completely humbled a couple times like in college missed a couple kicks in a big ass game mm -hmm. Basically was thrown to the trash by everybody I thought was potentially my friends outside of the football team. Yeah. You know, wanting me to die and things like that. You really learn a lot about yourself in those moments, you know, and it's hard not to change through those things. And then whenever I get arrested for a public intoxication and in I didn't even know at the time, but the story that was going around was mm -hmm. just like I was maybe the biggest doofus of all time. It's like it's hard not to just get like, you know, kind of I don't want to say kept on an evil level playing field. But I think I've had a couple things that have kind of like put me, put me into my, they were tough mentally at the time, but kind of put me in my place. And I think I will always have the, I am so lucky that I'm getting to do what I'm doing. This is so stupid. And I think that's why we kind of um, gravitate towards each other. And probably people that watch this show or listen to the show are the same thing. It's like, there's a really cool shit in this world. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like a lot of people, kind of bury a lot of stuff and i understand i've done a lot of more ridiculous things but i think we should try to search for that those types of moments where it's like and this is obviously one of them yeah this is so so stupid but there's been parties i've been at where i looked around and i'm like everybody in here is having a good time this 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 is the dumbest thing of all time like everybody like there's just those things those moments happen this is obviously at the top of that scale yeah, yeah. but it is it is a difference between like trying to enjoy life instead of like trying to, you know, maybe dissect it every single And it's pretty awesome to think about, you know, the future of punting. Think about all the kids who are going to be watching this, <laughs> doing WWE promos like, shit, if McAfee was punting, I might as well pick up a ball hey, and is start that, swinging. Is that, is that the blueprint on how <laughs> yeah. to, So you do this, you do that. That's how you get to uh, the WWE. <laughs> sure. Uh, we got to get to a break. I believe music is playing. There it is. Um, I had to turn it up a little bit on here. You know why? Because it's um, our guy Nick, obviously Frank, another massive wrestling fan. Yep. We're using his thing, his playlist, his thing. Okay. So whenever he uses his privately, like at night or whatever, maybe puts it on like shuffle. Sure. Or something like that, or mutes it even. Maybe he'll even mute it and like turn it off. Next morning, I know what Nick did last night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know until something happens. I'm like, oh, fuck, there it is. So there's a lot of pressure on Nick, too. <laughs> Nick doesn't even know. Nick, Nick came into one day whenever it happened. He was like, uh, hey, man, I think everything I do, you see, basically. <laughs> oh, that's on me. <laughs> we got to get to a break. Michael Cole will be joining us on the other Ooh, side. Yeah. Then, 
After that, hour two, we'll have AJ Hawk will join us. The boys in Indy will join us with some of their locks. Uh, and also, there's some, hey, there's a lot of news to talk about. Oh, yeah. Aaron Donald potentially saved this dude's life. And now he's getting sued for it. Yeah. Exonerate him. Get him out of this lawsuit. Now, granted, with that video, there might be some other people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Might get in trouble. trouble. <laughs> Aaron Donald might have been the only one that shouldn't have been. Right. But it's a wild time to be alive. We're thankful to be here. <laughs> Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, future WWE Hall of Famer, Michael Cole. Yeah! Oh. So, Pat, I'm yeah. going to teach you a transition, a segue oh, here we go. for get to get you ready for the show tonight. Okay. You just did the FanDuel spot, right? So, guess what, Pat? The WWE is betting on you oh. to help Friday Night SmackDown. See, that's the, hey, that's the type of thing, by the way, that my brain would have never thought of. <laughs> and I think that is why you and I are going to be a, a good team. Now, I, we could be the shits here, obviously. We could be bad. But <laughs> I am very excited to work alongside of you, Michael. I am very, very excited to work alongside you. Well, first off, are you going to come to work today? I'm, like, ready to go into the big meeting for SmackDown, and I'm wondering if you're going to show up at some point. Well, I do appreciate how we kind of set this up. I do appreciate how we kind of say I'm not a big meetings guy. Okay, no, no, not good, Adam. We kind of navigate that. But I uh, I got my spray tan, too. I don't know if you see it. It's kind of cooking. I will progressively get tanner as the day goes on. But I'm pumped to work alongside you. That's like, hey, for shoot, brother, I am very pumped to work alongside you. Listen, Pat, I'll, I'll tell you, we are so excited uh, at WWE, WWE to have you a part of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. It is going to be incredible. Um, you and I have talked for years now since uh, you first got involved in the company of potentially doing something together one day. Um, and we finally get our opportunity tonight. Um, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> I just want you to be Pat McAfee and I'll be Michael Cole and we'll go out there and try to make some magic together and. We will give the platform to our incredible superstars uh, the only way that we know how. Yeah, I can't wait to put people over alongside you, by the way, because I very much understand. Like the, And I, I went on this impassioned speech to start the show because it, I think it's worth noting, not only for my listeners and my viewers, uh, or ours, obviously, but I'm just talking about me specifically, maybe on Twitter or anything like that, and also for your fans, too, like, this is something that is maintained in my life the longest of anything ever, wrestling. I mean, this is just, this is something. Now, the NFL as well, which I do a daily show of, and I grew up in Pittsburgh, so obviously it's a football NFL town, but it is something that I have been looking forward to my entire life to do this type of thing. Very thankful for it. And I know I could stink, but I know there's some rules too. And they're like kind of, I have not been told these, obviously. I guess I probably will whenever I get over there. How, what happens when I fuck this up in Everly? Is there any, is there any type of thought for that? How do you, you're going to, you're the greatest of all time. How are you going to make up for that? You think whenever I ruin this entire thing? potentially? Okay. So first off, you're not going to mess up because I'm going to help you and I'm going to carry you. And I'm We're going to team. carry you. We're a team. Okay. It's good news. Uh, secondly, if you do mess up, I'll be heading to a very early retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I appreciate you. I, I'm, I'm going to, no, I'm Pat, honored. Listen, well, you know? Seriously though, in, in all seriousness, you're going to kill it. Um, because you have a passion, uh, you have intensity, you have emotion. Um, we saw that at NXT, uh, from your early days of doing the takeover panels, uh, to actually cutting promos to getting in the ring to having some hellacious matches. Um, I think you now understand the commitment 
of what our superstars uh, have to go through to get to this level. Uh, you also can talk, you can cut a promo, you've done some commentary in the past. So I think when we add all those things together um, and just you as a person and knowing how excited you are for this, uh, I think this is a recipe for success. I just don't know how it can go wrong. I really don't. I've been racking my brains for the last you know, couple of weeks since we started talking about this because I know you, Pat, and I know how you are and I know how emotional you are about everything you do in your life. And I keep racking my brain about how is this going to blow up in my face? Because I know it's going to, right? <laughs> but I can't find the reason. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't decide in any way how this is going to fail. I, I just can't. Hey, I want to let you know, I appreciate that. I have the same mindset, but I do like the fact that we both pretty much understand that this will blow up in your face at some point. You know? <laughs> yeah, at some point, of course it will. <laughs> yeah. And as long as you, you know, I'm not even going to say it. Well, I just want to let you know, thank you for all those kind words, by the way. Can I talk about you real quick, though? Can I talk about you real quick? You know I don't like that, but whatever. I know. That's why I'm going to, I'm going to, by the way, wait till tonight. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait till tonight. Oh, I cannot wait. I just, I'm going to give a little tease. I'm going to give a little tease. I assume just every time I've kind of gone through potential scenarios, you know, and you know, people like the vision, like, Tiger Woods, visualize, big visualize guy. You see Drew Brees was out there on the fields, like, visualizing. I think I think Peyton did a lot of visualization. They talk about it. I am a massive visualizer. Like, that is, I go. I try to go through every situation so uh, I'm ready for it or there. A lot of them end with me going, shut up, Cole. I mean, <laughs> a lot of them end with uh, a lot of that, and I can't wait for it. And, you know, I'll take it because I'm there to put you over. Don't put me that, over, Cole. No, we're going to listen. How many that, years? That's been my job for 25 years. I've worked with some of the all time greats uh, in our business. And um, I understood a long time ago that my role as a play by play guy is to make my analysts stars. And if I can do that, I'll become a star myself because you guys are the entertainment. You guys uh, are what people are going to tune in to watch listen michael cole's the all-night gas station right i'm there every week i'm there when you need me i'm there when you want to hear from me i'm there when you don't want to hear from me uh i'm there to make you guys stars and that's what i'm going to do and um we're going to be a great team for it and if i can make you a star it's just gonna you know hopefully solidify um, how good I am at what I do. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to work hard for this one, pal. I, I mean, you've done that for a lot of people, but good luck in this. And that's, by the way, a lot of good hosts. You know, you're obviously play-by-play -play commentator because that's what you're doing. And in the sports world, that is exactly how that would be titled. But you're a host, too, man. The way you drive traffic and what you just said about passing the ball, I mean, that's like Greeny, right? Mike Greenberg, I think he's in like four Hall of Fames. Mm -hmm. He is just a – he is Allen Iverson. He is he is a, just a ball distributor and do that whole thing. I like to think of myself whenever I'm interviewing somebody, I'm trying to do that as best as possible. And that's why I say that you're the greatest of all time because you've done this for so long. While there is also potential – absolute chaos going on actually in your brain while you're speaking via a headphone from somewhere else i don't think they're i don't know how i'm going to be able to do with that whole thing by the way because i got to experience it a little bit with the kickoff shows and everything like that but you having to manage potentially four different voices including your own in your brain while maintaining without flubbing like i assumed that you would have to you would have to fuck up like you would have to at some point you might have oh, 
No, but you might have went on a run for like four years where you did not skip a word somehow. It was impressive. Now, recently, hey, you've made a, hey, now recently there has been a couple conversation starters. But, I mean, 25 years, your work is unbelievable. I'm fucking pumped about it, and I can't thank you enough. I think the boys have a couple questions for you now, though, too. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Cole, obviously, you know, I'm a stooge with a mustache. So my question for you is, you know, when did you decide to go soul patch? Was it always something in your mind, or did that just naturally come about? Uh, I used to wear a goatee. I mean, if you look back at the old Michael Cole days, I had the frosted tips and the uh, goatee, and I just trimmed it down to the soul patch. Uh, I don't know why I still have it. I'm a 55-year-old man. I should probably grow up someday, but uh, I guess it makes me feel uh, young at least a little bit. Well, Andrew, in the wrestling business, Mm -hmm. I mean, he got to. What do you have, Ty? Cole, I'm sure you've answered this a thousand times, but what made you ultimately want to come to WWE? Because you have legit journalism chops. You know, I mean, you followed campaign, presidential campaign trails embedded in a war. I mean, shit, you could have been a chief of staff. If you would have stuck around doing that, what made you ultimately want to, you know, switch things up and go to the WWE and have a soul patch at 55? So, so a, I've always been a WWE fan, of course, but more importantly, I I was working in radio when I did news and I I needed to get some TV experience and WWE had an opportunity for me to go in and do some TV. And I thought that when I started this job, I was going to be here for a year or two and that was it. And that I was going to get TV experience and I was going to go back and I was going to be working at CNN or Fox or wherever covering the world. And I got here and I fell in love with it. And I got a great opportunity in 1999 to become the voice of SmackDown. And um, like they say, the rest is history. And I'm you know, going to retire in this company. And um, I just really enjoy it. And bringing in guys like Pat gives me the opportunity to stay young. Um, to try to stay at least somewhat hip and still enjoy this job. Yeah, well, you do an incredible job. And, and I completely forgot about it, like his legitimate journey. Weren't you in a river that was on fire? What was it? You were you were somehow in a – you were like basically on the Titanic of the New Year's and you were covering – what was it? What happened? There was a fire uh, on the in the ship channel in Houston, uh, and uh, I hired – I paid a guy like 50 bucks to take me out in his little rowboat, and we got caught in the current. Uh, and almost burned up <laughs> the other way. But there's a great picture uh, on the uh, front page of the Houston Chronicle from that year uh, of this little boat and these huge flames. And I was in there. But, yeah, I mean, this, I enjoy doing that stuff. But um, I think I was born to do what I'm doing today. Yeah. And that's uh, it's all Friday Night Smackdown. I would say 8 o'clock on Fox. Let's say maybe promote the show you're on a Jeez. little bit. Okay, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe let people... 8 Eastern, Fox, tonight, the debut of Pat McAfee. The universal champion, the head of the table, is going to kick off the show tonight. Yes, he, hey, that's breaking news, by the way. We have uh, tag team champions, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, defending the championships against the Street Profits, the former champs, and a lot more in store tonight. A lot of WrestleMania fallout. Uh, and of course, the world is talking about the debut of Pat McAfee. No, no, no. Just there's a couple stooges on Ian. That's all that's <laughs> happening. Cole, I can't thank you enough, man. You're the absolute best. Go to that meeting so you know maybe we don't fail tonight. So can you give me a heads up on something so I'm prepared? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna wear shorts all tonight? Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You know, got to keep if, you on your you toes. Are, it's fine. I just want to be prepared for that. No, you know, we got to try to keep you young and hip. You know what I mean? Trying to keep yeah. you on your toes. You know, I got to do what I got to do. What I got to do. That was 
I mean, uh, you'll see tonight, I guess. But boy, that was it was. I was staring it down. I was staring it down. I want to let you know it was a good twenty to thirty minutes of me and the costume staring at each other, and then a decision was made. So you'll find that out. And I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. If you could tell, um, uh, Mr. McMahon, uh, I cannot wait to uh, tell him thank you for this later. Should I talk to him? Like, what? How should this? How should I? What do I do here? You know. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll bring you in to meet the big guy. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Kind of bring me in behind <laughs> the whole, hey, how's it going? Thank you for this opportunity. I do not want to fuck up a company that you took from a territorial operation to a globally beloved billion-dollar worldwide traded, publicly traded company, sir. So thank you. All right, and then that's, <laughs> that's where I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to say. That's where I fell on thus far. We can obviously brainstorm later. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole. Thank yeah! you. The show. Hey, thanks, man. Can't wait to see you. See ya. Hey, nice car, by the way. Yeah, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. You're 25 years in WWE. You're going to have some fine leather behind you. Yeah, gorgeous. Hey, Looks like it. He's a cool guy. I mean, when Ty said he, he literally has done everything. Yes. I think he was in Waco. Wasn't that one of the Yeah, stuff he we, covered. Yeah. Koresh. There's women and children in there, brother. Yeah, he covered that. He Desert was, Storm. He was out there. Yeah. Like, out, he, think, he, he was on an entire campaign trail. I think it was uh, Clinton, right? Yeah. I that, think, and I think. Uh, yeah, Dukakis, Michael Dukakis before that. And then I think he also covered, like, the Yugoslavian Civil War as well. Like, he, he's done some crazy shit. Yeah. And then he gets into the WWE, and uh, he's like, what do you want me to do? Oh, I got to remember how many hours worth of stuff? No problem. As long as I don't, I'm not going to get shot. Yeah, or people aren't shooting at me. <laughs> okay. no, no burning rivers. Right, sounds good. I think I can pull that off. Yeah. I think that's no problem at all. Uh, Zito, why don't we call the indie office? And um, they can give us their locks for later today. Okay. That'll be something we can get from the Hammered Down Boys now. We potentially were going to do that in the second hour, but should definitely do it now. There's some things happening in the world that we should talk about aside from tonight on Fox. Not, hey, not Fox Sports 1. No. Not Fox News. Mm -mm. No. Not Fox Ocho. Nope. I'm talking about antennas on the TV, basic ass. Fox. The Fox. Millions. And millions. Of people watch that show every single week. Oh, yeah. Thought about that last night, too, for the first time. Yeah. You only got six channels. Fox is one of them. That's uh -huh. it. Yeah. That is what you're... It's right there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Belichick has been talking a little bit about everything going on in the world. Uh -huh. He gave a couple answers about, you know, at their pick at 15, he, he, he alluded to the fact maybe he'll go up to 13, 14 if somebody they thought was maybe six or seven is dropping. Maybe at 12, 13, he's still on the board and you really thought he'd gone in the top six, seven picks. Then your question comes, do you try to move up and try to get that player that's falling a little bit? Or do you kind of wait and see if everybody else will drop or is somebody else going to move up? So did he give away anything here? Or did he literally say absolutely nothing, just basically talked about basic draft strategy yeah no he said absolutely nothing i mean yeah if one of the players that was ranked in the top five might drop to the 10 yeah who isn't gonna trade up for that guy so no he's just stirring the pot and also happy birthday bill belichick happy birthday hey, bill. happy birthday Bill. years old today looks like 30 looks like looks like he's fresh off of his what first two super bowls mm -hmm. oh yeah looks good how many rings does he have now i believe he has eight no i think he has more than that doesn't he because uh, he had one one with the Giants, uh, one or two with the Giants. Oh, yeah, he's eight, eight rings is the yeah. name of that boat, And then right? six with New England, yeah. 
Got a few. Happy birthday, man. Happy man. birthday. The he, best. He, um, he also talked about the quarterbacks being interesting in this class. And the thing about the quarterbacks being interesting is, does he say that about everything? Like he's being forced to answer questions. This is like when quarterbacks are asked if they think they're good or not at football. And they say, uh, yeah, I think I'm best quarterback. And then all of a sudden they're like, this guy says he's the best quarterback hey, in the NFL. Flacco what is elite? He's the best quarterback. He thinks he's elite. He's like, what the? F- what is Joe Flacco <laughs> supposed to say whenever he's asked? To- like, what is Bill Belichick supposed to say for these things? Like, I know. Well, that's the thing. I think all the quarterbacks in this draft stink. Uh, we're uh, not trading. I I wouldn't even take Trevor Lawrence at fifteen if, if they, he dropped that. If far. they drop down, I'm not trading up to get it. Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a joke, and I mean, but it goes back to you know everything is bullshit, and everything, all, and yeah. also because of the fact that Fields is now back up top. Who knows? Next week, Mac Jones might be back up top. Anything the Patriots do depend on who picks who. So. Orlovsky just said that the best film in the draft is from Mac Jones. Mac Jones, yeah. What does that mean? So, what where are do, we? What are we, <laughs> what are we doing? Is Trevor Lawrence still in the draft? Or are yeah. we talking without Trevor Lawrence? Because if that's the case, is Trevor Lawrence potentially in jeopardy down there in Jacksonville? You already got the playbook. What are we doing? Do you think we're going to end up seeing where like the first five picks are quarterbacks? I feel like it's starting to, to move towards that, where it's going to go, and then someone who didn't think or thought they'd be able to get someone else is going to panic and they're going to have to move up to five and it's just like, all right, fuck it, we'll just take whoever's left. Yeah, I wonder if the outside noise is trickling inside at all. I wonder if it's a similar thought by us that's happening with them, you know? Like, is everybody thinking if you don't go get a great quarterback now, you won't be able to get one? Mm -hmm. Is there a chance that every team that was potentially in an alleged massive quarterback market, although only a few moves really happen, are they all going to go and make moves? for? I don't know, it feels like every year there's a bunch of talk Every year it feels like that potential. This year even more so hyped, and we talked about this because the more eyes and people that are covering the sport, the more the speculation and the more moves that are potentially happening with maybe more active and younger GMs, there's more speculation of what else could happen. But I will maintain, if you like a guy, go fucking get him. You have no idea what those future draft picks are going to become. If they, if you think they're a good player and you got to f- sacrifice a two and a three next year, who cares? If you think you got a guy, go get a guy. But I'm not a big you build your team through the draft guy anyways. Go give nope. me a free agent that is uh, proved he can play in the men's league. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Mac Jones, too. Yesterday, you know, his odds go down after oh. Justin Fields' pro day. Today, Orlovsky says he's got the best. best tape out there. Like, is he is he maybe going two now? By the way, are we, you know, I think the reason why we get so upset with people saying things that aren't necessarily the smartest is because, like, we look upon them like Orlovsky, we look upon Orlovsky. Take it as gospel. Hey, yeah. listen, we're going to watch the film that you're talking. We're going to – I listen to what Orlovsky says, and mm-hmm. I go, okay, that makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that makes sense. Some of them I'll watch, and I'll be like, Dan, stretching here. Yeah, Shut up. You, you can't do this one. But a lot of them are like, oh, that actually makes sense. I respect it. So whenever he drops in with this type of thing, it's like, Dan, what the hell's going on, Dan? Where's this been all along? And why didn't he say this yesterday? And why, oh, and 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 why haven't we got this like two weeks ago yeah. whenever we were in a – it's just – Dan Orlovsky's got – He's probably evolving and learning as well. Yeah, sounds like it. Speaking of learning and evolving, let's talk about a show that is live every single day at 4 p.m. at youtube.com forward slash Hammer Don. Uh, joining us now back in Indianapolis, the Hammer Don boys with some locks for us to look into for this evening. Fellas, what do you got going on back there? Pat, first and foremost, congratulations. Long overdue. Smack Don. <laughs> Smack Tonight. Don. Thank you. Can't wait. Um... So, you know, I was looking at some things this morning, and I was like, Tony, you went 5-1 and one yesterday in baseball. It's pretty good. 33-18 and 18 on the season, 
plus 12 and a half units. Is that good? Yeah, it is. But then I was like, I was like, enough about myself, fat. Gumpy, you're the fucking best footy gambler in all of the land. Can you do me a favor and see what your record is since the beginning of August when footy started the season? He bet on 600 games <laughs> and is plus 40 units. So if you bet $100 on each of Gumpy's games, you'd be up $4,000 since August. And I was like, "Don't let's not worry about me, Pat. Gumpy. <laughs> Gumpy's the real story of the show. Hey, you're a hero, Diggs. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks, Riley. For, you're welcome. Hey, Gumpy, the plus 40 units, okay? Over 600 games, That's you said, or whatever? a lot of games. It's a lot of gambling. We got to talk, <laughs> yeah, maybe, potentially. <laughs> but we appreciate your service here. This is a big soccer weekend for you, right? And the Hammer Down's going to be giving out a lot of soccer picks, right? Yeah, we got a bunch Saturday and Sunday. He's got 16, I believe, right? Yes, sir. Which one are we that eyeing early? Also, yeah, go ahead, Diggs. Yeah. Okay, so there is there's a there's a theory in England that you always stay away from the early game, the first game on Saturday. But I ain't doing it this weekend. Yeah, boy. You can get you can get West Ham money line plus one ten against Newcastle. West Ham's fighting to get into the Champions League, so I'm hammering West Ham tomorrow, Pat. Okay, I appreciate you doing that. We will. Well, we can't in Florida. Yeah. I will have my wife do it from back home. Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. we'll probably have, you know, significant others or whatever. We'll hammer that. We'll get more of your picks. Four o'clock hammered down. Diggs, what were you going to follow up with? I was going to follow up with, we touched on it a little bit yesterday, but the hashtag FanDuel hammered down rollover yeah. uh, that we do every single day is up to $2,000. Wow. All you got to do is win a 10-leg parlay of minus 30 uh, odds or worse. So you minus, one thirty, minus, minus 130. Minus 130. Did I not say it? That? Well, you said minus, minus 30. 130. No, uh, minus 130 true. odds or worse. Uh, so, yeah, two grand up for uh, grabs today. <laughs> All right, we appreciate you guys. Can't wait to watch 4 o'clock. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Hey, boys. Boys, I'm going to be honest. I watch every episode today. Not going to see it. You got you got bigger and more important things. Paul. Yeah, but it will be available to watch on the plane ride home, hopefully right. tonight. There and I appreciate go. you guys making everybody money, ladies and gentlemen. Hammer down, boys. Yeah. Hammer down, boys. HDB, huh? HDB. Mm-hmm. I can't thank them. That show is very entertaining. It is oh, six hundred yeah. games though, Gumpy. Take it easy. Yeah, Take it me. easy, pal. Make your money Jeez. though. Hey, that's, that's he's even, winning. That's not even counting the four hundred and fifty MLB games he's already bet on this year too. Yeah. In two weeks, yeah. We're bad people. <laughs> I'm a bad person for them doing that show because Gumpy feels as if that is what he has to do now. Right, Am I empowering a man who obviously should not be doing what he's doing? He wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> he wouldn't. He's in the green. Gumpy's winning. He's investing. He does, he's not gambling. No, now, he knows he's going to win. Okay. Now, if he had bet that many games and we're talking minus 40 units. Now then by the way, still very impressive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if he was... But if we're talking minus, you know, you got to watch yourself. Right. Uh-huh. And I, we will let Gumpy know whenever the tide has turned because we're hearing all of his bets now mm-hmm. every single day, which might also be a part of the selfish reasons why I was pushing hard for them to go daily because, you know, Gumpy, he put him out on his Twitter. It was like kind of hard to find for me. Yeah. Now live every day, I'm like, okay, we're riding with the Gump. Here we and go. Diggs 35 and 18, he said. Not Here bad. Not about me, he says. This <laughs> is about somebody else. <laughs> Shout out to them. I love that show. I appreciate them. 
People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30 and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, well, wait a minute, uh, which can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? maca, what? and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, um, uh, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. AJ, how you doing, pal? I'm doing great, man. Congrats on your, your whole situation. Thank you. Uh, you did send me a text this morning congratulating me. I tried to FaceTime you back immediately. You did not answer. Jeez. Yeah, par for the oh. course. So I appreciate that, obviously. Thank you for the congratulations. I don't think you ever guessed this one, did you? I kind of did because I actually knew that. I didn't guess it to you, but in my head I thought it, it's possible. Uh, yeah. I, knew, I knew Adnan Verk took the Monday night game. Like, I, I don't know why I knew that, but I did. So then I started thinking, <laughs> well, who does the other stuff? And then... <laughs> There you go. Why do you got to bury Adnan Verk like that? How would I? How did I bury him? I don't know why I knew that he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he... because normally I'm saying not. I'm not talking about Adnan, but normally I wouldn't know if some if they okay. changed Something announcer like positions that. in in the wrestling world. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because Adnan Verk, by the way, comes from the outside world. Comes in, does play by play, which Michael Cole has done for years. Uh, Tom Phillips did for a while. Vic Joseph does it now. Mauro Ronaldo did it for a while. It's not an easy position at all. You have to know wrestling. You have to know sports entertainment inside and out. Like, Because anything could potentially happen. It's live entertainment or whatever. Adnan is one of the first completely outside voices who's been brought in and tasked with that. I'm excited to see how he, you know, I don't want to say evolves, but yeah, like evolves yeah. in this whole thing. I thought you were burying him, but yes, that was announced on Monday. Thought it was potentially going to ruin our 
announcement. So had to do the kicking one on Monday. Mm. <laughs> had to distract quickly. You know what I mean? Had to distract quickly. Oh, yeah. It did that. And, you know, I just, I wanted to almost tweet a congratulations to Adnan, but I didn't even do that. And I, I hope Adnan understands. Okay, it's now he does. Now you understand. <laughs> now, like, yeah, that's why I didn't tweet him a congratulations or whatever. I tried to stay. Even WrestleMania was kind of like quiet. It was not easy. That was last weekend. So I tried to do my best to cover it up because there's nothing anymore in wrestling really that isn't known by everybody before it happens, which kind of kind of fucks a lot of things up. And nowadays with the world that we're in, you know, it's it doesn't happen as much. And then it's just. I thought it was going to get leaked for sure, yeah. and it did not. Yeah. I'm very thankful it didn't. How does uh? So Corey Graves now is on Monday Night with Adnan, right? Yeah. So Corey's like, Corey's the man. By the way, Corey, what a what a cool, just awesome dude. And not just awesome dude, like maybe the coolest looking dude of all time. And also, I'd put him top three commentator in WWE history. Like that is, and I'm by the way, I'm technically replacing him on SmackDown because he got now the wrestling idiots they. They think I'm replacing somebody else, but that, that's a different show. I, I did not even – that wasn't even – I'm not even a part of that. But I'm replacing – Who? Who? Uh, what, are the, what are the idiots? There was a lot of releases yesterday, and it was oh, – yeah. I, I don't like seeing that at all, but it's like – it's kind of how the business works. And I don't like – by the way, I'm a big fan of a lot of the people that got released both as humans and as that whole thing. But I di we didn't know that was coming either. Then that goes out, and it's like, oh. <sighs> but also, like – I'm living my fucking dream too, so yeah. you know, and, and I feel like they understand that as well you didn't because make the decision. it is the business. Like it is that is the wrestling hey, business. That's what it is. I think that's a missed opportunity by you. Maybe you'll take advantage of it tonight, but you can mention like, hey, I told Vince what the number was, and he said I'm gonna have to lay off nine or ten people to fit <laughs> you in. So here I am, guys. Hey, as I was tweeting up the tweet this morning, there was a thought just to go full nuclear heat but i didn't want the people like there was a chance there was a draft in the brain that was like had a but i, I would have felt bad towards the people who i have a lot of respect for who yesterday was not a cool day you know what i mean so like i i had to have that fine balance there like, <laughs> yeah ah, what do i do here because they know it's the business too yeah. but it's like i don't want to so you're you're right I, it's it's not cool but it is the business but Corey, he's incredibly quick incredibly clear. I think he's been in the wrestling business since he was like 16 or 15 or yeah. something like that in a, from the area I'm from it's just that is almost now when the news yesterday happened in the way some people were talking I guess that kind of shifted my like oh that is going to be a tough thing to do but that was a lot of thinking there for me it's like I and I might even address it very early in the show like listen the guy that used to do this much quicker than I am knows a lot more <laughs> about this whole thing he's much more handsome but we're going to go ahead and take this thing to a much different place, I think. You know what I mean? And that's that's genuinely how I feel, AJ. So how many days a week will you be down there at that office? I'm not sure, you know. It was it was dependent upon how well it worked down here, you know? Like but if, do they – like how early does – do they need you in for – I know the show's every Friday night. How early are you supposed to be there? Well, that's a fascinating question because uh, <laughs> we actually just talked to Michael Cole there. He's got to go – he's got to go to some meetings here today. And I do – I am incredibly bummed that, you know, we can't – you know, tag team those things yeah. too. Me and Vinatieri, by the way, used to sit together in all those terrible meetings, and it was a team effort to get through them. Like, like, all the meetings, it was a team effort to get through. So I, I do feel bad about that. But they were very adamant about not interrupting anything that we have because I think they have, you know, because that company, family business, although it is 
globally billion dollar publicly traded has become you know this whole thing there's a few people making decisions it's a relatively small business you know like it, it is a now granted a lot of employees big production everything like that but really at the heart of it this is a family business that has made it to this whole, whole thing so i think as they learned about what i had going on with the boys and with what we are building i think there was an actual I don't want to say respect it felt like there was an actual respect though that was like okay we we understand what you're doing we appreciate what you're doing and they've tried to make that work so well i'm gonna try to give back as much as possible though because i feel like that is this is a massive opportunity so i should go above and beyond but i do appreciate what they're thinking now we do have a house down here it's only like there's only a it's going to be a drive but it's only a little bit i'll head over there afterwards but they had a lot of respect for that through this whole process, and I'm very, very thankful for it. Well, they're because they're smart. They understand. You have a weekly, you have a daily show, five days a week. Why would they want to interrupt that when both the things can help the other? Did you see uh, in the press release it said internationally streaming? There you go, <laughs> big right. time. It was awesome, you know, because other people talk about us. They're like, uh, you know, small, small regional, regional show, crush yeah. that region. <laughs> Man, I just I don't know why, but I just noticed your spray tan. Oh, just now? You could tell? That is serious. Did you get your face a different tint than your body? No, you just got to remember, my face is always a different tint. And the issue, I think, is the, the particular bed I got in, it did feel like it was spraying a bit light. Uh, and then when it got to my face, it, it sure felt like a lot more than the rest of my body. It was like a... <laughs> every single time. And like the top of my back, I think, is going to have a dump on it. I had to go to like three different tanning places though this morning because they were all packed out and I couldn't get the tan yesterday. That would have given it away. Yeah. So I had to get the tan this morning. We had to go, me and Ty had to go drive to a couple places that are packed. I get to the final location that, yeah, could get right in. Yeah. Could get right in. It was very nice. You know what I mean? But it did feel like a much different spray than I am used to. So what you're observing there is probably going to be accurate for what the next two weeks now with how heavy the spray tan is. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really matter though. You're not. You're not taking your shirt off, are you, to be a commentator? Who knows? Am I just commentating? Oh. oh. Okay. By the way, there's no reason for me to start the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well. But you're right. There's going to be no shirtless me tonight. <laughs> there is There is no chance of a shirtless me tonight. Um, let's talk about some things happening in the world, shall we, AJ? Let's do it. Did you see, the Aaron, did you see the Aaron Donald video? Dude's been exonerated. I mean, it seems like it, right? From that video, he absolutely looks like he, he helps the dude. And did he knock the guy out off camera or something or what? Well, so I think, you know, what had happened was is old buddy did get beat up. Now, this video. Dude was getting kicked in the head, it looked like. That's, right? This yeah. video is good for Aaron Donald. I, there's potential some other people that might catch some ricochet bullets from this whole thing. Now, I don't know how they'll be able to clearly depict who's who in this whole thing. We should also talk about the guy that was able to pull Aaron Donald away. Yeah. Colts should fucking hire that yeah, guy. Yeah, immediately. We need a left tackle. And if he can just pull Aaron Donald off a guy. But I think Aaron Donald potentially in that video is the only one that should not have gotten sued. But speaking of being sued, this is the south side of Pittsburgh in, in an alley behind the south side of Pittsburgh at 3 a.m. So I think a lot of people immediately think, like, there's a chance this type of thing could happen. But this guy getting kicked in the face, punched in the face, very, very scary situation, obviously. Hope he ends up to be okay. It looks like he is. His eye was hidden for probably the next month or so yeah. or whatever, and his arm was in a thing. But I feel like Aaron Donald was the only guy that should have got sued. Now, there might have been more. There might not be this whole thing, but... It feels like somebody was like, oh, that was Aaron Donald's crew. And he's like, really? 
Oh. Well, well, one eye, I guess. Yeah, it was him. I saw him. He hit me. <laughs> then, he hit me. So I don't know how this is going to end, but wild time to be alive. Aaron saves a life. He probably felt like in the car ride home after that. And I think, I don't know if they still stay in Penn Hills, which is East Hills of Pittsburgh, about a probably a 10-minute drive outside of probably where they were, 15-minute drive outside where they were. On the car home, people, Aaron was probably like, man, I had to, you were trying to, I had yeah, to, why yeah. you got, like Aaron was probably telling, like, you guys can't, we can't be doing that type of whatever. And then he wakes up the next morning, he's getting, so he's like, I fucking told you, <laughs> yeah. we can't be doing that type of, it's like, I, I, I feel like I'm happy that the entire world is under surveillance now at this point, though. Yeah, I think the video, yeah, who knows what happened before or after, but that poor kid got jumped. He's getting kicked in the head and hit by multiple people. What a scary situation for him. They're saying, I'm not even going to say it, but it's being reported that this potentially lingered from somewhere boom, boom, to boom. somewhere. Somebody wasn't happy. There was a potential. And then ah. they're saying there's, there's always going to be more. And who knows which one is right. But whenever I heard that, the initial report was that he bumped into him. Yeah. And then Aaron Donald snaps. Yeah. And then now, I don't know how that would have. Pretty clear that was not. The and it was not at the boom, boom room. It was on the street. I yeah. want it, like, so I don't know, you know, I wonder if that guy is learning just now of what actually happened. Could to be. Him. Yeah. Like thanking Aaron yeah. Donald. Like, cause without him, like that, those guys might've just kept going. 3 a.m. Okay, there's a chance that old buddy does not remember, especially with what happened. I wonder if that video came out and he was like, "Oh, I was talking oh, about this." Shit. There was actually Sorry. another. There was actually so you know. There's probably gonna be more that comes out of this whole thing. But once again, I can't stress this enough. Pittsburgh Southside, 3 a.m. There's a chance that's gonna happen. And if you ever travel, you just gotta know that you gotta keep your head on. So I'm not saying it's right. Okay, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying you are in an area where there is a lot of booze and a lot of people that are very like-minded. And that's just kind of how it how it happens in that game. But happy the guy's not dead, and it feels like Aaron Donald's a hero in this whole thing. Hope he gets that thing dismissed soon. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Belichick talked about his moves in the drafts. Did you read this? We talked about it earlier. It's Bill Belichick being forced to answer a question and giving absolutely zero information, but people quoting it and running with it. Everyone quoting it and running with it. Like, when I, I, I click on this to read, I'm like, oh, Belichick, did he say something? Me and too. Read it. I'm like, no, yeah. no, he was Belichick's. Okay, this is what I expected. Normally something will happen, and there can be there will be a player that either don't expect to be there, or maybe there's a couple spots, maybe a 12 or 13 is still on board. You really thought, I mean, you really thought he, he'd be gone in like the top six, maybe seven or eight, maybe nine. Then the question comes. Me trying to move up and trying to get that player the following him, uh, and that's basic draft strategy, I think. And what I just told you was a bunch of sentences that absolutely mean fucking nothing. <laughs> that's basically yeah. what he did there. That's basically what Bill yeah. Belichick did. The only thing that went, you know, that got a lot of traction was him what telling the guy that we don't care about your feelings or if you don't feel good. I didn't yeah. see that. Oh yeah. yeah, we don't want to hear your complaints anyways. Yeah. To who? To this reporter. He's like, hey, how you doing, Bill? Bill said, good. How are you? He's like, yeah, I can't complain. Bill says, yeah, well, good. We don't want to hear him. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. 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 He's oh, yeah. just sitting on that. Why, why do people always say can't complain? <laughs> yeah. We don't want you to. <laughs> I mean, nobody, like, even if you can complain, why are you announcing that to me? Don't got time for it. <laughs>
he's had deep thoughts about how people answer, like, how you doing? Oh, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Like that. He probably mm-hmm. has entire theories on all of those answers now. How he, many of those has he sat through? Oh. It's like before the season answering questions about stuff where he's going to give no answers. Oh, am I he up. popped himself big time with it, too. He started <laughs> laughing, like, right after did he Did he grab it. the water? Or did he? I don't think so. Oh, I, don't. I think it was just like a... Let it eat. Uh, we have an announcement from the ever-evolving NFLPA NFL situation with the virtual off-seasons that happened last year due to Uncle COVID coming around and forcing everybody into a virtual off-season and veterans got a chance to experience life uh, even more so away from the facility with their own personal trainers that they probably pay six figures to in some cases, at least a good amount of money they've worked with, they worked alongside, the schedule is differently. Now players want that off-season to become the regular. There's no CBA negotiation for like another seven years at this point or eight years at this point. So now they're trying to figure out how to come to an agreement. The NFLPA has made statements on behalf of five teams thus far. I think the sixth, maybe seventh team, just like Bill Belichick, six, maybe seven, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. So after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, recently come out, now the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the most storied franchises in the history of the NFL in a city that revolves around blue-collar hard work and also in Pittsburgh, a lot of unions. So whenever the NFLPA comes out and says we should not be made to compromise our health and safety with the current pandemic still affecting our communities and country and the lack of clear protocols and protections regarding returning to work at full capacity, the players of the Pittsburgh Steelers have decided to exercise our right to not participate in voluntary in-person activities. Activities. They say a virtual offseason helped us keep us safe last year. They go through all the things. We are professionals and are committed to being in the best shape possible. Our team holds each other accountable to the highest professional standards, and we will prepare, as we always do, to be the best for Steelers Nation. Okay, so this is just uh, the most recent team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming out and saying we ain't doing it. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the players of the Pittsburgh Steelers have decided to exercise our right to not participate. This is April 16th. The draft's April 29th. What's going to happen with these kids that get drafted, do you think, AJ? They're definitely going in for OTAs, aren't they? I would, you would think, right? And the Steelers is different than, I don't know who the, uh, whose announcement yesterday said the majority of their players will not be going back to Steelers. The, the players of the Steelers. So is, that's many. saying to me, like, hey, we don't want anyone going in. Did the Raiders? I don't know. The Raiders didn't come out, did they? I forget. Yesterday that, we read one. Are you talking about the many? They said many of our players? Bears. Yeah, yeah Bears many or yesterday. majority of our players will not be attending. Yeah, and, and I thought it was going to be, by the way, a little bit of a spiral into softening the announcement by every team to join part of it when it said many, then uh, some, and then a majority of our players. Pittsburgh Steelers just came out and said, the players of the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. ain't doing it, okay? And I've been told now, my sources have told me, that a lot of very, very important people in the locker room of teams have come out and said, this is the first time in a long time we have a chance to potentially have a little bit of say in some things. We should think about that accordingly. I've been told that by a couple different places, by players that say like all the teams are talking to each other and they're like, hey, there's been some real guys that have come into the chat. Maybe we're sitting quietly during either the Zoom call or whatever and then have just dropped in and been like, you know, we should actually think about doing this. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we should actually think yeah. about this. So this is potentially something where the players – I don't want to say are feeling empowered, but maybe this is the first time where players actually think that they can all get 
rally around something. History has told us that's not probable, but maybe this is the thing that'll get changed and it'll be for the betterment of everybody. I think you're right. It's it's the players union thinking that they, I don't know, are doing something to to kind of further what they can do and solidify themselves as a union and try to take some power back. But I mean, I don't know if they would ever. The, the thing is, like, would you ever jeopardize regular season football games? I don't know. That's never. No, they they never. always have that though. The owners know that players are not going to miss games. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to strike like other sports have done. Like football did, what, in 87, I think, there was a strike. Yeah. I, it's just not going to happen. Players hey, what, won't do it. What is there? There's a 30 for 30 on the um, uh, the scabs, right? The scabs. Oh, season. yeah, there is. We checked out ESPN Plus last night here at the yeah. house because there's no we have no cable. We have mm-hmm. no TV, so we can't really watch anything, you know? <laughs> so my TV is completely broken, actually, in my room, so I can't even turn it on. Yeah, yeah. We, tried, we tried to attach a couple things to it. didn't work. They Brutal. just wouldn't connect. So I had a long night, obviously, but out here there's a TV. Peyton's Places is awesome. It's great. The best. Yes. He is. It, now, I will say this. We should have known that because we've seen clips from earlier, and it was awesome, mm-hmm. obviously. Everybody sees the Marshawn Lynch-Peyton situation with the Toradol. No, no, no. I'm talking Hennessy. <laughs> that whole situation, you know, that's gone out there. But those are very fucking well done. Yeah, they're incredible. They're like documentaries being his made. Letterman, yeah. Did you watch his Letterman episode? No, we checked out uh, last night Marshawn. We yeah, watched Marshawn, 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 Bill Clinton, Bill with Clinton. like the invention of the forward, forward pass, pass is awesome. at the University hey, of Army or yeah. whatever. The Letterman episode is good. I went on and watched it, and I, I've always had a ton of respect for Peyton, but how quick Peyton is. He was going back and forth with Dave on all these little bits and things they were doing at Ball State's football practice. I was like, there's not – I can't think of another athlete anywhere that could hang with Dave Letterman like like Peyton could. Like, he's super quick. Yeah, and also, the thing about him is he's so good at football. He was so, so, so good at football, right? Yeah. So good. So everything he says, his name is synonymous with the NFL. So it's like – Okay, this is Peyton fucking Manning doing this right now. And literally, that's what people called him in Indianapolis. They were so shirts. They're like, it's Peyton fucking Manning, dude. Like, that's, that's kind of how you do it. So I should have expected it to be good. But then you watch an episode, executive producer, first name, Peyton Manning. That's so, what surprised me. So it's like, okay, so this is actually like... His ideas, like he's actually putting the storyboards together, the clips from NFL Films, by the oh. way. Peyton goes to NFL Films, so I'm not 100% sure if ESPN had a relationship with or not. And maybe they do. They probably do because they have some of the rights or whatever, and they pay a lot of money. But I'd assume when Peyton shows up at NFL Films at the vault, like, Peyton, what are, hey, Peyton, whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do it. The clips they have, the because that, that NFL Films vault, from what I've been told by the people that have seen it, they're basically like, if you're a football fan, that is football heaven. It is every single game, every clip you could ever – and they, they show them, yeah. by the way, in this thing. It's like you're learning the history of football. It's, it's a fantastic show. We are forced to watch it. Yeah, right. So I kind of feel bad that that's how it all happened, but I'm happy it, it took place because, you know, this place has no cable or whatever, even though we're paying a pretty pretty penny for it. Yeah. You would think the TV would be able to work in – in the bedroom, dude. Wow. need to get that fixed. We'll figure it out. It was quick turnaround. It was. Yeah, yeah. It quick was. Turn- they didn't True. think we we're going to be in here, obviously. No, no, no which no. is kind of crazy, though, that they would think, like, oh, okay, we can just clip the uh, cable, cable line they, with they some garden know. shears they and they'll be okay. Anyways, great show. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's a great show. And then all the 30 for 30s, we kind of you scroll through, you know, in the ESPN Plus app or whatever, which people can either buy or not. I have no bearing on whether you do. Do not care. Yeah. Now, Peacock, there's a lot of WWE stuff that's going to uh-huh. be in there. You should download the ESPN Plus, though. The 30 for 30s, you scroll through, you forget all the way. The Ric Flair one was yep. on there. Then the, the scab season's yep. on there. I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff I did not know existed over here. 
should we be surprised though that Peyton is so good on there? He's far and away the best athlete ever to host Saturday Night Live. Like his SNL whole deal was awesome. Should have seen the clips that didn't make it. Yeah. Ooh. I know you said, yeah, you did see those, right? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty well, cool. That was the another... clips that did make it. He was all in. You could tell, like, Peyton probably got there on Monday, week of, and he's like, hey, like, this is going to be awesome. If you're not with me, get out of here. Me and Eli, yeah. me and Eli have thought about this for like 15, 20 years. Wouldn't it be cool if he probably just was like, and they're like, uh, yeah, we'll take it and punch it up. Nah, nah, listen, I'll, no, no, no. I'll punch it I'll up. I'll do that. I'll punch it up. Okay, listen. This is what we need to do. I've seen it in practice. Everybody pops. Everybody laughs. Okay, I know what works and what doesn't work. His, the, the segments that didn't make the show, that's another moment where I was rather high, sitting in his living room, you know, with his family, watching clips that didn't make SNL, and I'm like... Dumbest fucking life of all time, dude. What am I doing Dumb here? Am I, why am I here? What the hell happened? And by the way, they were hysterical. Yeah, I'm sure they were. That has, that'll be released at some point. I, I think to. so. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users, FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us, as always, and the man that was with us last hour, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Oh! Baby AJ. How you doing, AJ? Oh, no, we got to turn you up. This happened yesterday as well, and it's just one of those things while Jazito is balancing and juggling uh, another guest that will be joining us. AJ, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me any better? Uh, I got to turn you up a little bit yeah. more. My stuff's turned up as much as I can. Oh, oh, we didn't even think about you potentially ruining that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, the problem. Well, Zeke did mention yesterday that one of the issues is, you know, AJ's got the Mickey Mouse set up, so a lot of uh -huh. static was coming in. Definitely his fault, not Zeke's fault. So. How do we have how do we have two studios very far different away from each other yeah. and a box truck studio mm -hmm. that seem to never have the issues that AJ has on a daily basis at his only studio, you think? Because he's a cheapskate. Oh, yeah. is that why, AJ? He's got an old computer from <laughs> 10 years ago. I mean, I said it last, you know, AJ, buy a new computer, dude. You Come can on. afford it. It'll help out. Hey, by the way, we'll buy one. We'll send it Computer's over to you. Computer's not the issue. Computer is not the issue, bud. First <laughs> off, I didn't have, we didn't have any issues till you guys set up this auxiliary studio down What's oh, we just oh. shut, 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 shut up. That? That's what Zeno just shut, 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 shut up. I have no idea why that happened. I mean, that was mid conversation there. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back, AJ. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was Zito and Foxy just hit a tag team maneuver <laughs> yeah. where they said, uh, enough with that. AJ, go ahead and talk. You got me now, guys? Oh. oh. Sound good. Sorry, okay, talking. good. So I, if you notice, I did not touch anything on my We don't know. We don't know. You went off the screen. You go off the screen. We don't see you. All of a sudden, you sound much better on the other side. You tell us. Is that a coincidence or not, pal? Hey, it's that. You're right, guys. That's on me. I know Zito. I, Zito's the man. I know I've seen his setups. Foxy there. So you're right. I am not. It, it uh, was me, guys. It, it was, was Zito. Uh, uh, Zito. I know. I know. Zito's a little uh, accountability. Uh, Zito with a little accountability, which uh, really helps this entire company, by the way, whenever that happens around here. And it's a trait that is not, you know, talked about enough. It's a big deal. And it might be one that's kind of disappointing disappearing in some places but yeah gotta have a little accountability thank you for doing that zito i think we're gonna have a guest i have no idea if they're joining us yet or not to be honest with you because <laughs> it seems like there is chaos happening right behind those cameras over there in front of the uh, ocean that we get a chance yes to. well i guess it's not the ocean the golf golf, the golf okay. over there okay. so it's beautiful or whatever uh joining us now ladies and gentlemen the host i got a thumbs uh, up earlier i thought we had to hang up on aj uh, yeah yeah to, to do the FaceTime. No, because we have multiple FaceTime machines. Oh, that's right. It's we got fault. another one. Remember, we yeah. got another. another no, this, this particular one is that the fact that our guest is not on right now, we cannot logically blame AJ for Well, it. in my yeah. mind, I don't think logically so. That is that guy. Yeah. Hawk's fault. I don't know how AJ is potentially eating up all of our, you know, our connection. Our... I can hear it ringing. I can hear him calling him. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe you should give us a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, the host of the Move the Sticks podcast. He's an NFL network analyst and the color commentator for the Chargers on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, man is going to tell us all things that we need to know about the draft and what's bullshit and what's real. Ladies and gentlemen, Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah! What's going on, man? I don't know. Oh, no, I can't hear you. Oh. Oh no! You oh, can't. oh. Yeah. you're back. You got me now. Yeah, you're back. We're good. You're back. How you doing, man? I'm good. I do have this weird thing where like one AirPod works and then the other one doesn't work, but it works with my computer, but doesn't work with my phone. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like the iPhone like stops working after a certain amount of time because they want you to come back and buy another one. I think they're doing the same thing with these things. Yeah, it's one of these things. You know, it's worth yeah. the ride, but then as soon as it just you know they get you, you're done for. And we've all been stuck in that Apple wave for the last 15, 20 years. <laughs> the chargers, the new iPhones, the AirPods, you you name it. Uh, we appreciate you battling through the adversity that was built in by the company that you purchased your shit from to <laughs> talk to us here because it's real. We all understand that. Daniel, uh, should I call you Daniel Jeremiah? Mr. Jeremiah, move the sticks. What is most, what is best here? Uh, usually people just call me DJ. My grandmother used to call me Danny. She That was the, the only one that ever uh, rocked the Danny. So uh, you could either join my grandmother or everybody else, DJ. Danny. <laughs> Danny. I think that hey, Mayot called me Danny as well. Uh, oh, so, so may, I, that, yeah. might be a GM. Hey, Danny, so whenever you look at all the things that are being discussed in this draft, na nationally, it's just the quarterbacks because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stories. There are a lot of behind the scenes. Then it felt like there was a little bit of a run where Kyle Pitts was the best player in the draft. This is going to be a lock for the All-Pro. Do you think that this draft, the first 10 picks in specific, do you think this is going to potentially be fireworks? Do you think there's a lot of questions on who's where, or, or do you think it's pretty much locked in at this point? No, I think it's like locked in pick one and two. And I feel really good. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to go one. Zach Wilson's going to go two. 
Um, and then with the Niners, I mean, it's – I think that's where we, we don't know. I mean, everything's kind of pointed towards Mac Jones. You kind of – the people that – it's always the people that know people, right? I, I don't have it directly. I just know people that are tied in there, and that's what you keep hearing is Mac Jones. But I've also you, – you're told it's not done. Obviously, they're continuing to go through the process here. Um, they did it with, with Fields. They're going to continue to do it with Trey Lance. Um, so I don't think that process is done there. So really, there's like we don't know what's happening at three. Uh, at four, it's like a three-way go for the Falcons. They could take a quarterback. They could take a position player, uh, or they could trade out. Um, and then with the Bengals, the same thing. Are they going to take an offensive lineman for Burrow, uh, or do they go with one of those pass catchers with Pitts or Jamar Chase? So, yeah, I think I think the first two picks are kind of chalky, and then after that, it's it's wide open. Daniel, do you ever go back from like drafts that happened previously and and look at all the mis- misinformation that was put out and everything that happens before the draft and compare and try to like build a trend on what teams do? Yeah, I, I more than anything else, I kind of do it personally just on where you get your information from. Like, I, you know, the evaluation part's the fun stuff, but where you get your information, like to put together these mock drafts, which is kind of a necessary evil, I guess. You start cross uh, referencing kind of where you got good stuff and where you got bad stuff. Like I, I talked to a guy this morning who was like locked in, knew this one team inside out, and told me who they were going to pick, and that's exactly who they picked. Um, so you can rely on those type of people going forward. But then there's all other stuff that there's you know people don't know. Hey uh, Dano, they're they're. <laughs> I like Dano. Though. Yeah, Dano's a good one. Dano, let's, gotta, uh, let's a- go a ring to it. Yeah, AJ, that was very, <laughs> you just. By the way, I love that you just slip it in there straight face as if you're just, you know, <laughs> create a new nickname for a man who's lived however many years and only other than his grandma has called him a different name. So I like that we're doing that here. Dano, whenever you hear that information, you know, like, hey, this is who we're picking. This is where they go. There's a chance that you potentially have sources inside of buildings and they even are misled, right? Like everybody's play aside from the two, but in, in, our, in your experience of the draft, does it feel like everybody's potentially gaming everybody at all times? Is that kind of how it has to be viewed in this whole thing? Well, yeah, I think the circle has, has shrunk over the years. It used to be like in the draft room, you had 10, 15 guys who were kind of a part of the process. It was healthy, and, and you had the good debate and discussion. You were in there together to stack the board. Uh, now when the final board is stacked, it is a very small circle uh, for these organizations. I can remember – like a classic was I had a bunch of buddies on the uh, in the coaching side and in the personnel side with the Bears um, at this time. So I, I was like, hey, I keep hearing a lot of buzz that they're that you guys are going to take Trubisky. You know, I'm on the on the desk for the draft coverage. Like I'm not ever going to like put it in a mock draft even or, or, or say this is a done deal. But I would like to mention it as a possibility on the air when you guys are on the clock that, hey, this could be Trubisky just to keep it as a in the mix. And they were like, dude, I'm telling you, we are not taking him. There's no chance we are taking Trubisky. It's not happening. And I'm like, okay. So then they end up taking Trubisky. And then I'm on the desk at the draft, and my phone is blowing up with apologies. Like, dude, I swear I had no idea we were doing that. I, I was that not trying was to lead you astray. There's no clue. Hey, so if you had to guess, like the, the average team, how many people truly know who they're going to draft? Kevin Costner. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would say it is a small circle. I would say on average, I would say three to four people. Uh, and that's usually like you're talking, obviously the owner is going to know uh, where you're leaning, the general manager, the head coach, those three, and then maybe a fourth guy, whether that's a coordinator, whether that's a director of player personnel, but it really is tight, man. 
It has to be, I think, especially with how big the stakes are now at this point. It feels like every draft pick is being you know, made out to be the next face of a franchise for 20 years. And odds yeah. say, and stats also tell us, that that is not going to happen. That, that is, There's going to be a lot of busts here. And not because it's, I mean, it is technically their fault because the way they play, but also the situation they're going into is potentially yeah. a no chance of success operation. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter of what the NFL is. But a lot of these guys are not going to work out in the NFL long term. They're going to have careers. But when you're talking about memorable, successful, long term careers, stats say it's not going to happen. Who's somebody in this draft? Is it Kyle Pitts? Where if you had um, gun to your head, million dollars and said this Mm -hmm. player right here will be a Hall of Famer. Is there anybody that you... Now, nobody's going to hold you to this, by the way. I'm yeah. just, it's a hypothetical. Sure, hypothetical. Sure not, but let's yeah. say a million dollars on the line. What player do you think out of your scouting of this draft is like, you know what, guaranteed Hall of Famer, basically? I would say, I would put it in the language of, if I had to say the most likely player in this draft to be a Hall of Famer would be Kyle Pitts, I wouldn't hesitate and say that would be the guy. It, it reminds me so much of when, uh, when Quentin Nelson was coming out, you know, and it was like, oh, you can't take a guard this high. I'm like, I don't know. The guy's, he's the best player at his position that I've ever evaluated. Um, and he's a great kid, everything else that you want, you know, with the intangibles. So I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I'd be okay and sleep at night knowing I just drafted a Hall of Fame type player. And Pitts is the same thing at, at the tight end position. And you hear the same thing. You can't draft a tight end that high. But yeah, well, he's the best tight end I've ever evaluated. It happens to also just be an unbelievably great kid. So I, I don't think there's, uh, I don't think you can go wrong. However high he goes, just take him. So if something happens in the top 10 to, to throw things off, like it, let's say Mac Jones goes at three, what do you think happens yeah. from four to 10? Is there any, is there anyone outside the top 10 that you think tries to get up there? Like what kind of chaos are we looking at? I think the chaos, uh, AJ starts at four. So like we all know that the 49ers taking a, a quarterback. We, we assume that right. 99.9% where it changes is at four, because if the Falcons take a quarterback at four, I think we end up with five quarterbacks going in the top 10. None of the quarterbacks really fall. If the Falcons stay at four and take, say, Pitts or, you know, whoever, um, then now I think it changes because I think at least one of these quarterbacks is going to end up falling. So you have three go, three quarterbacks go one, two, three, but you've still got two other guys. If the Falcons don't take one of them, um, and the fact that I think Carolina is good with Sam, I don't think they're going to take one at eight. Um, then I think you start seeing one of the quarterbacks drift, and that's where you get the excitement because the the quarterbacks drive the draft in terms of the trades, usually talking about edge rushers and quarterbacks. um, That's the currency people are aggressive to go get. We're talking to Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks founder. uh, No, it goes by Dano and Danny as well as (laughs) DJ. You could potentially hear him making the rounds. Draft expert on NFL Network, uh, analyst in this entire thing. Do you is part of your is most of your job scouting these guys or is it trying to figure out what teams need what? Like for instance, the Broncos, everybody's like, and they're at nine, yeah. I think, or at nine, mm-hmm. I believe. Like they're going to take a quarterback, right? Is that are you trying to figure out just as much what everybody's potentially going to do with their pick, or are you just trying to figure out the players and learn about them? I think my my biggest priority has always been to study the players myself and and have a firm opinion on them and evaluation on them that I can share. So I always tell people like they get so upset with mock drafts. I'm like, mock drafts are based off what I'm hearing. I'm not going to get offended because it's just what I'm hearing. I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. It's not my opinion. It's just what I'm hearing. When I put together a sequence list or my top 50 players, that's like my legitimate opinion. And I'll defend that. 
Um, but the other stuff's kind of based off what you're hearing. But I do think it, in this role, the responsibility is, you know, when you're sitting there on draft coverage and when the team makes the selection, I feel like you say, hey, this is what I think of this player, but here's why this team took him, because they see him as this and that, and he's going to fit into what they do. So you got to understand what, what, who the teams are, what they need, and how these players fit. So the long answer, I, I feel like my responsibility is to have an opinion on these guys and then to be able to explain why the teams made the decisions that they made. Okay, so now we know how to evaluate you, though, you know, like in what you're saying. You know, like we'll, we'll know how to, you know, we'll fairly evaluate what move the sticks is putting out there. Like, this is what he's focusing on. This is what he's doing. So whenever you speak about that, I feel like a lot more people should be like, okay, this guy, this is what he's investing in. Draft is huge, man. It's so big. I mean, it is so crazy. You're, you're going to be competing against us that first night. I mean, good mm. luck out there, obviously, but <laughs> the, uh, I'm, I'm so pumped for it. I think it could be very exciting. Connor, what do you have? Yeah. Danny, you said there's a possibility of five quarterbacks going in the top 10. Do you see yeah. any of the, you know, 22 teams after that taking a quarterback? And if so, who's the sixth guy off the board? Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't think we see another one in round one. Um, and so to me, I think that the, the sixth and seventh guys for me, I know Kyle Trask has some, some love out there, but I think it'll come down to Kellen Mond uh, from A&M or Davis Mills from Stanford. I like Davis Mills. He's only started 11 games. Um, but man, he's just everything he does. He's just got real pure motion and, and he's, he's a better athlete uh, than people thought you get to the pro days, not wearing the big knee brace and he moves around pretty well. So um, I think those guys go, but there's kind of, you know, you look at the starters in the league and, it, and there's not many guys that were picked on day two, those second, third round picks. Um, it, it, you have almost as much luck if you were to wait, and just take one in the fourth round. So I think oh. we see five go in round one, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little lull there in round two, and then we saw those other quarterbacks you know, come, come a little bit after that. Dano, do you see the receivers in this draft class faring like the receivers last year did coming in and having an immediate impact? Because it, it seems like right after the season ended, a lot of people were gushing over all of them, and then now it's just everything's quarterbacks, and it feels like a lot of that steam's falling off. I think it's a good group. I don't think it's as good as last year. Um, and some of it is just like the styles. Last year, we had a we had some really good uh, receivers at different sizes. I mean, you had like those power forwards that went outside of round one. You had Pittman. Um, you had Mims with the Jets. Uh, you T. Higgins. Like these guys were all – Claypool obviously had a huge year. Um, this year, there's not as many bigger wideouts. So it's a good group, a little bit under a little bit undersized outside the, a few guys. Um, but I think when you look at the top four – those guys are going to step on the field and have an immediate impact. I just don't think we'll see as many guys outside the first round be as good as what we saw last year. Uh, we're talking to Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network draft analyst, as well as other things, calls the Chargers games and everything like that. How is the – what's the easiest – somebody's going to come out of nowhere. Do we just judge yeah. that off of speed, like who ran what? Like how, how do you try to predict, like studying somebody that's potentially going to show up out of nowhere aside from the people – that we all kind of know about coming because somebody's going to get drafted that none of us have ever heard about that aren't in the draft world. How do you know that? Is there like a buzz around it? Is, do you do that from your own film study? You're like, oh, this guy just showed up out of nowhere. He potentially has a chance. How do you how do you find that shit? Yeah, usually you start hearing some some buzz from talking to teams, and then actually um, give away a little bit of the secrets here. Usually you call the colleges and find out like. Who, who, who have teams been calling you about a lot and who have they been asking about? And you might hear some names that maybe you're like, really? I, 
that guy, I don't know why there's quite as much interest in him. I didn't really personally have a, a big grade on him, but it gives you an alert that like, okay, that there's some heat on this dude, um, that the teams are really calling the schools to get more and more information on some of these guys. So that's how you find some of them. And then, you know, you get the pro day workouts. And so you just kind of comb through those and you see some crazy numbers on the pro day. You're like, okay, this guy, somebody's going to fall in love with this guy because just the, the testing Raiders, was so freaky. Raiders. You know, there's there's a couple of GMs that at times, you know, not anymore. I don't think the Raiders are like that anymore, but there for what, like 15 years, it was like oh, Al yeah. Davis wants the fastest guy yeah, yeah. in the league on his team. Would have been awesome to be a punter there. Oh, everybody ran four fours. Everybody ran, everybody ran four threes. It was like, you draft them high. They have to be on the team. They can't play on offense or defense. What are they going to do? They're going to play special teams. Okay, we'll get, we'll get six guys that run under four three to cover kicks. It would be like, oh. Like, for instance, this is going to be going a tangent, but I didn't get a chance to address this, so I'm going to address it right now. If I'm Jake Bailey next year and this goes against everything Belichick believes with Slater and Justin Bethel as his gunners, I would punt that ball 95 yards every single time as low as possible and just say, yep, yeah, I've got the best two fucking coverage guys of all time. Go just and go get, get it. it. Just, go, just go ahead and go get that thing. With those, the fast teams, I always love that whenever somebody pops up out of nowhere, they run like a 4-2. It's like, remember he ran a 4-2? It's like, speed does kill matchups, but... Can it necessarily catch a ball? I'm not 100 percent sure. I guess we'll find out. AJ, what do you got? We we used to have guys though. There were there were kind of like players on the board where we would say, okay, this is a Raider. Like the, the Raiders are definitely taking this guy. Um, I remember when Heath Miller was coming out. Uh, Ozzy had even said I was with the Ravens, and Ozzy Newsom was like, uh, this is a, the Steelers are taking Heath Miller. Like I mean, he, they they didn't pick the like the later end, but it's like this this guy was put on planet Earth to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like that's where he's going. <laughs> Hey, speaking of the Raiders, I know we, we talk about Al Davis and, and how he drafted, but John Gruden catches some heat for sure on how the different drafts that he has had. And I know your old colleague Mayock is the GM yeah. there. It seems like Gruden makes the final call. Do you think Gruden will ever change the way that he does draft players? Well, I think it's changed, um, you know, kind of from year to year. Uh, there's been some years where they kind of went on the, the height, weight, speed guys, um, and then they had a lot of success. You look at some of the players they've hit on, uh, you know, look, Josh Jacobs has been a really good player. Hunter Renfro, you know, is not going to be the first one ever off the bus, but just like really good football players. Max Crosby, uh, again, not a first round guy, but somebody that they, they hit on kind of focusing more on just the instincts and the, and the ability on the field versus maybe some of the testing. And then some of the misses, they've kind of fluctuated. It's kind of going back and forth between that. So, man, if they can lock in on that, on what they found in that draft, uh, you know, as opposed to some of these others, I think they've got something, but they've kind of just drifted a little bit with their philosophy. Daniel, we can't thank you enough. You might have seen me look at this computer and be surprised. The whole thing just crashed, and then I had to. <laughs> while you were giving an incredible answer there, I just had to recode this thing. No big deal. Don't worry wow. about it, big tech guy. You're a big draft yeah. guy. We can't thank you enough for joining us in this incredibly busy time to, you know, help spill your brain out a little bit of your mouth so we can understand what's going on this world well, i appreciate you guys my right ear really enjoyed this my left ear got nothing. <laughs> it's kind of like my right leg was worth a damn the left wasn't worth a damn thing ladies and gentlemen <laughs> daniel jeremiah yeah! can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show all week all week you guys spend time with us you allow us to penetrate your ear holes I hope we give you an above average product every single day. Some days, not so much. Some days are home runs. Today is a day. It's a celebration. And I'm very thankful for all of you being a part of this journey with us. If you like the show, please be a friend. Tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. 
Uh, from all the guests, thank you, or to all the guests, I mean, thank you for your time and conversation with us. To all the boys, thank you for your passion, loyalty, and incredibly hard work this week. And to all the listeners that spend time with us, you are the fucking best. Hashtag end of pod squad. We'll do some more giveaways. Ty Schmidt will be tasked with that. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful weekend. If you like this show, be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Cheers. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>